dazzling images on a huge silver screen. Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this, and stories feel perfect and powerful. Because here, they are. Welcome to a brand new mini-sode of In a Place Like This. I'm Chris Michael Smith. So yes, as planned, I ended up watching Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, I will be discussing that in a future mini-sode. Uh, but today, um, I wanted to discuss the uh, trailer that happened to play right before the movie. And oh my god, I knew the movie was happening. They literally like had announced it like the a few days before um, that there was a title for it. It's coming out this Christmas. They were showing screenshots for it. I did not know that there was a trailer for it. And that trailer looks spectacular. I am, of course, if you haven't figured it out yet, talking about Avatar The Way of Water. And I was thinking, like, I didn't have a full plan for a mini-sode this week. I did have a few things I wanted to go into, like, a little bit about me. Because, you know, I ask my guests, you know certain questions at the beginning of each episode, and I haven't myself answered this, these questions. Uh, I am going to partially use this episode to do that, but also I wanted to briefly discuss that teaser trailer because, oh my god. But first, a little bit about me. <laughs> um, one of the first questions I ask my guests when they come onto this show is, what's your favorite movie? This is a much, much bigger question than uh, it is given credit for. Uh, for me, it has changed a lot over the years, although my current favorite has been pretty consistent for like the past decade or so. I'm talking about, of course, the 1942 classic by Michael Curtis, Casablanca. The reason I go with Casablanca is number one when you watch a movie multiple times and it just gets better and better every time you see it you catch something new that you didn't catch before and it just makes you love the movie that much more uh there's something very special about that there are casablanca is not the only movie that is like this. Uh, Citizen Kane is on that list, uh, Blade Runner. But I do feel like Casablanca just sort of has everything for everyone. Uh, it is, it's got romance, it, got, it has drama, it has action, it has humor. It, it's, uh, it doesn't take itself too seriously. It has those moments that make you want to stand up and cheer, like like the moment where they're they're singing the French national anthem over the German national anthem, and the the whole thing, the the tearjerker scene at the end, which is iconic. Here's looking at you, kid. Ugh. It's the perfect screenplay. It's the perfect movie. It looks fantastic. It aged fantastic. Uh, you can watch it today and like you, it, it feels fresh. It feels new, even though the movie is like 80 years old now. Humphrey Bogart, Ingrid Bergman. Oh, God. <laughs> 
I, I can't. It even has like film noir elements to it, even though it's not really a film noir. It's got everything, everything you could possibly want in a movie. And it, it is it's a classic. It is a bona fide classic. I can watch it over and over again and have it's it's perfect. It's just perfect. The uh, other question I ask is something. Uh, what else are we geeking out about? which, you know, would happen to be outside of movies. Movies are my main thing, yes. But, you know, I geek out about other things, too. Um, I I don't want to call myself a gamer, even though I love playing video games. The reason why is because I am not exactly, like, on the same level as, like, hardcore gamers. I'm not as good at them as, you know, a lot of people are. I will constantly look at walkthroughs. Um, I, it takes me multiple tries. Um, my go-to series, uh, one that I believe I can't go wrong with, well, except for part three, is Final Fantasy. Uh, part three, the uh, Nintendo slash DS remake, not part six. Part six is actually my favorite one. Uh, I absolutely adore that series. It's... It was my intro into RPGs. Well, I guess technically Zelda was my intro into RPGs, which I also love that series. But Final Fantasy was like, for me, I, I dropped so many hours on those games. It's unreal. Uh, of course, the Kingdom Hearts games by extension. And if I'm going to throw in other games by extension, the Chrono Trigger games. Unsurprisingly, this must have fed into my hobby um which i just recently got into even though i had been wanting to get into it for a very long time dungeons and dragons uh i just recently this is something that especially when you're a, an adult it's like really hard to do because you have to like get together with a group of friends find a day or night where you know you can make it work and somehow we're doing it and it is one of the most fun things I've ever done it takes way more time than I thought it would, but it, it is a lot of it is a lot of fun. Um, it it is something that I still need a little bit more practice with, but I'm very much enjoying it. As for like things like television, my favorite TV show of all time is The Golden Girls. It is my ultimate comfort show. Uh, what I'm watching currently would be uh, an, the new series on HBO, Our Flag Means Death. So good. As I mentioned last week, Landscapers is a phenomenal miniseries. Definitely worth a look. Also on HBO. Just started watching Vox Machina. That's really good. I love anime, but um, admittedly need to, um, need to uh, broaden my horizons on that a little bit more. I love going to theme parks. Um, I want, I'm still working on renewing my Knott's Berry Farm Pass. I go to Disneyland a lot. Uh, very fun. I, I just love being, the feeling of being transported somewhere different. It is, it is the ultimate escape, in my opinion. I just love doing it. Other than that, I am also a foodie. Uh, I like to go to different restaurants, try new things. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I'm a very adventurous eater. Uh, also, very into history. Uh, I just recently went back to school to 
get a Bachelor of Sciences in History. A very, very um, fascinating subject that um, kind of, in a way, feeds into my love for film because that itself has its own rich history to it. Uh, rich, complicated, uh, good and bad, all of it. Um, it's why I love the uh, You Must Remember This podcast so much. It's history and it's movies all rolled into one right up my alley. I love it. And a little bit of good news this week. Uh, last week, I had mentioned that we didn't have anything pretty close down the pipeline, which yeah, close-ish. Well, the close-ish is uh, much closer now. I will have an announcement at the end of the episode as to what the main the next full episode is going to be about. Uh, very excited about it. It's going to require that I watch a new movie, uh, which is very exciting for me because, you know, yeah, I love a good recommendation. By the way, I will also accept recommendations on the socials. So if there's something that you would like to recommend to me, I'll take it. Throw it my way because I want to see it. Uh, please don't be facetious about it. Uh, someone has done that to me before, and that's how I ended up watching uh, Songbird. Uh, once again, I would like to keep this podcast positive, so moving on. Initially, I was planning to do a reappraisal episode on Avatar, but I feel like, especially closer to the release date of the movie, we could do a full episode on Avatar. Uh, I'm down to do that if anyone else is interested. 13 years it's been 13 years since the first one came out. Broke records. Uh, highest grossing movie of all time. I actually thought it had since been dethroned, but no, it has not. It is still at the top of that list, with uh, Avengers Endgame being about 100 million behind it. So yeah, it's become a bit of a punchline uh, over the years, but Avatar is still the biggest motion picture of all time. Uh, just going completely based off of the grosses. So why did it take so long for the sequel to come out? Well, there are a couple reasons for that. Number one, James Cameron is a notorious perfectionist. For this movie to happen, uh, technology would need to catch up with his imagination. And uh, apparently that took 13 years. Being a tad disingenuous here, um... There were other things that came up, uh, for instance, the uh, purchase of 20th Century Studios uh, by Disney. 20th Century Studios was the distributor for Avatar. Uh, imagine, like, not wanting your two biggest properties to compete with one another, so, uh, you know, maybe it got pushed back a couple times because of that. Obviously, uh, COVID became a factor, so uh, Avatar was not coming out in theaters uh, in the middle of a major global pandemic. And let's face it, if the first film is any indication at all, uh, this film was meant to be seen on the big screen, uh, preferably about the biggest screen you can find uh, in 3D, probably. And anyone who had seen the first one, like, you know how... Freaking amazing that thing looked. Um, that thing in an IMAX screen, and I'm not talking about like IMAX, quote, IMAX as we know it today, where 
every theater has one, but it's not like the IMAX we all remember. You, you know how it is. But like I'm talking like that true IMAX, that that 70 foot screen. Uh, you put on those 3D glasses. You it feels like you could just take two steps forward and you're in Pandora, that IMAX. Uh, for me, it's going to be a bit of a drive to get to the nearest one. Uh, I believe it's all the way over in Hollywood at the Universal City Walk. That, I believe, is the closest we have to true IMAX. I simply can't get over just how much, like, Avatar changed the game uh, 13 years ago, and this sequel could potentially change the game again. The uh, world building already happened. Uh, we already know a giant chunk of these characters, so I'm very intrigued to know where the story is going to go from here. Uh, just looking at this trailer, all of those shots in the water, all of the visual effects look so good. So good. And, you know, maybe I'm like, being overly optimistic about this, but honestly, if you look at like James Cameron's filmography, uh, which is a lot smaller than you think, by the way, we're talking like what? The Abyss, The Terminator movies, one and two only, Aliens, True Lies, Titanic, Avatar. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> but one thing about him though, he doesn't miss. Like all of his movies are very entertaining. They're like, in a bunch of like top movies lists like somewhere like everyone loves aliens everyone loves terminator one and two uh titanic is like everyone's favorite movie even if they don't want to admit it which in a way kind of like happened to the first avatar as well everyone was just blown away by that movie initially and then suddenly everyone uh started to turn their nose up at it because oh this is just a rehash of Fern Gully slash Dances with Wolves slash Pocahontas. Which is weird considering um, everyone watched this movie uh, multiple times. Uh, movie doesn't become the highest grossing movie of all time uh, if everybody hates it. Sorry to say. Actually, not sorry to say. And, you know, no judgment. To be completely honest, I felt for this too. Like, I remember in 2009 being like, oh, there's no way Avatar needs to not win this Oscar. It's got to go to something like The Hurt Locker, which it did. But then, after a few years passed, I looked back on it and I rewatched Avatar multiple times because, again, I friggin' love that movie. And, oh my gosh, like, Honestly, I think that one is my favorite movie from 2009, uh, believe it or not. So, yeah, the, the anti-hype then died down and turned right back into uh, uh, hype again. And there's a lot of discussions about, like, the cultural uh, footprint that this movie had. Uh, I think being the highest grossing movie of all time uh, sort of, like, uh, squashes that argument. But also, uh, yeah, it kind of does. If you head over to Walt Disney World, Animal Kingdom has a theme park tie-in for this movie, which, by the way, was that came out like a good eight years or so after the movie was released. In fact, Pandora, the world of Avatar, was supposed to be like a cross-promotion with this movie that's coming out this Christmas, which goes to show how many times The Way of Water has been pushed back, how far it's been pushed back. But the fact remains that this theme park tie-in 
is still very popular. You go on Flight of Passage, which is an amazing attraction, by the way, you're looking to wait a good hour at least. Uh, I went in January one year, and the wait time was longer than the movie Avatar. So, yeah, it's a super popular land, super popular attraction. It looks amazing. I highly recommend going if you have the chance. And if you look at the genuine excitement being generated for this movie, like, you can't, you can't ignore that. That, that, that's not nothing. Um, th that means the cultural footprint of Avatar never went away. Uh, this has been like that elusive, like, is this movie ever going to happen project? And in a way, I feel like that itself worked as a marketing, uh, uh, an effective marketing campaign for it. Because like now we see that it's actually happening. And now we're thinking back on like how blown away we were in 2009. And it really looks like these visual effects were pushed even further, which we, again, 2009, these were effects that, like, he took every existing technology uh, and even created new technology to use it to its fullest effect and create, like, one of the most visually spectacular motion pictures ever. And this looks like it could look even better. I can't even, like, overstate just how excited I am about this film. And again, like knowing the perfectionist that uh, James Cameron actually is, I have no doubt that this is going to be like one of the biggest spectacles of all time. And I am so down for that. And again, I know uh, there's a lot of people who turn their nose up at the spectacle, but cinema is spectacle. Like, I am sorry to say, like, the, the very beginnings of cinema is spectacle. You you look at, like, the first moving images, the the train coming into the station, the legend, the, the legend behind that, that audiences who saw that, like, they freaked out because they thought an actual train was coming towards them. You know, there's disputes over whether or not that actually happened, but you, that the whole legend of cinema is spectacle. Think about it. Think like King Kong. Think the the all of these giant sets being built like in the middle of Los Angeles to tell this larger than life story. Uh, we, we tend to forget like computer generated everything is a very new technology. Everything used to be done with practical effects. But even then, I mean, that was to at least create an illusion that looked spectacular. Look at, like, the Ten Commandments, the parting of the Red Sea. Like, that was a... that was spectacle. Lawrence of Arabia was four hours of a spectacle. We're looking at, like, a big, epic motion picture that looks incredible on the big screen. This is what cinema was made for. This is precisely why we go to the movies. So just knowing that, you know, 13 years, 13 years in the making, we're finally getting another Avatar. Uh, you know, I'm hoping this does well. I'm sure it's going to be amazing. I'm definitely looking forward to uh, the following three installments. Hopefully we don't have to wait another 13 years to see them. Uh, allegedly they're being filmed back to back, so probably not. But yeah. Yeah.
I'm very sad that we're not going to get James Horner to do the score for this one. Uh, James Horner wrote one of the most enchanting musical scores of all time, in my opinion. The music for Avatar was just, again, next level gorgeous. In the absence of James Horner, who, by the way, just one of the greatest film composers of all time, he has done not just Avatar, but like he's done multiple like favorites of mine, including Willow. <laughs> that score is just phenomenal. Uh, he did Titanic, of course. Um, in his absence, uh, Simon Franklin is going to be taking over for that. Uh, I was looking at his work as a composer, uh, and it's... I have not seen any of these films that uh, he had composed, so I can't really speak to his abilities as a composer. That being said, he has worked on the scores, like he's been an arranger, um, score producer for multiple films that I have seen, including Skyfall, uh, Avatar, Moulin Rouge. Um, yeah, this guy is not, he's not a stranger to music. Uh, I will say that this may be the first time his skills are being like fully tested, but I feel like if someone like James Cameron is going to trust him, I don't see why we can't. I'm sure this is going to be like a great movie. Like I mentioned before, um, Avatar, the first one, was my favorite movie of 2009. Um, am I going to say the same for 2022? Honestly, I think Everything Everywhere All at Once is probably going to take that title. But, you know, you never know. Uh... 2022 has delivered some serious bangers so far, and uh, I'm kind of looking forward to what else this year has to offer. Speaking of 2022 bangers, our next guest wants to discuss another film that was released this year uh, called After Young. I have not seen this film. So before the next episode, I'm going to have to watch this film. And I'm very excited about this because this is the first time that, like, as an assignment for this podcast, I have to watch something that I have never watched before. I have heard nothing nothing but good things about this movie. It's often mentioned in the same breath as Everything Everywhere All at Once, which makes me very excited to see it. Uh, if you would like to join us on this journey and watch the movie prior to the episode, it is currently playing on Showtime. So if you have access to Showtime, that is a way to watch it right now. Um, you could also check to see if your uh, TV service provider offers like a streamable version of it. Doesn't seem like it's available on video on demand yet. Uh, I will keep you posted on if that happens. What's exciting to me about the next episode is we're not just going to talk about the movie and about the things that we love about the movie, which I'm sure we're going to spend a, a pretty good amount of time talking about that too, but we're going to examine something that has fascinated me for quite some time now, and the fact that art does not exist in a vacuum, oftentimes uh, what we see, what we consume, the kind of films that we watch, they're occurring in response to things that are happening in the real world, even if it doesn't feel like they are. And even if some people are 
insistent that movies remain apolitical for some weird reason. Um, this is a thing that is one of the things that I love about film. And I am so happy to discuss this, um, discuss after Young in the context of today's social and technological climate. So as of now, I, I still need to outline the episode. I still need to watch the movie. And I need to work with my guests to find a good time to actually meet and record. Obviously, the editing is going to come in. There's a possibility that I might sneak in another mini-sode between now and then. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, just depends on how long it's going to be before the episode records. But that is going to be the next full episode. I'm very excited to talk about it. I'm very excited to watch a new movie that's been recommended to me. So, yeah. Um, again, send any questions our way on any of the socials that's in a place like this podcast on Instagram or in a pod like this on Twitter. Your questions may be read aloud on the show and answered. If you have any corrections uh, to anything that I or one of my guests have said on the show... Also, drop those on the socials, and I will happily explain to you why we were not, in fact, incorrect. Uh, and again, we are infallible on our knowledge of this subject, and uh, we don't quite resent you suggesting otherwise, but we will be happy to explain ourselves. Um, if you have any recommendations that you would like to send my way, again, drop those on the socials. Finally, if you would like to be a guest on the show, hit us up on the socials. I am not hard to get a hold of. Uh, extensive knowledge of movies is not a prerequisite. I don't gatekeep. Uh, come on in, bring your love for whatever movie you want. and I, Or if you want to talk about something I want to talk about, because I have a list of things that I would like to discuss on the show as well. If, you, if you're interested in coming on for one of those... Uh, come on down. <laughs> and lastly, please be sure to rate and review us. Little five-star rating here. Let people know about the show. Tell your friends. Uh, really do appreciate you for listening. Uh, this is really exciting for me. I love doing this. You have no idea. And that's the mini-sode for today. Uh, this has been In a Place Like This. I hope you were not just entertained, but somehow reborn together.